we should embrace uh, uncertainty, but we should reject doubt. So reject mm -hmm. doubt, but embrace uncertainty. I think as any entrepreneur at any scale, whether you're just starting out or you've got a $100 million business, you're going to be fearful at some point in time. Something happens. It's just a different scale. And it's going to amplify who you are. The scale of your business amplifies the scale of who you, who you it's a big mirror right in front of your face. And so the fears, I, I don't think that it changes in terms of severity. I think it just changes forms. Hmm. So kind of like the laws of, of, of energy, right? Like the things can't be created or destroyed. They yep. can only change forms. I think fear is the same way that we can, we can reject doubt in ourselves and we can work on that through self-improvement and just putting in the reps. But to, uh, to embrace uncertainty is to say, I don't need to know everything that's going to happen in this path. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tracy and her team down at Tranquil Turtle Massage in downtown Coeur d'Alene. My wife and I see her and her team every single month for couples massage, and I'm telling you, it is the best thing ever. She specializes in Hanu infusion, Hanu ashiatsu, gua sha, and manual lymphatic drainage. If you need a massage to get you feeling good and relaxed, make sure to reach out to Tracy and her team down at Tranquil Turtle Massage. Also mention that I sent you and you get 25 bucks off your massage package. Also, check out CDA Brows and Body Ink, where Tracy offers the best tattoo brows and plasma fibroblasting tightening with the first ever Aurora Pro Plasma Titan Machine, not a plasma pen. And don't forget to tell Tracy that I sent you to save 100 bucks on your next tattoo brows or plasma tightening. <laughs> Jordo, you're a husband, you're a father, you're the founder and CEO of Drop Funnels, which is one of the fastest growing all-in-one marketing platforms online. You're also an award-winning filmmaker and much more, man. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'd love to go back a little bit with my show. Like, tell me, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? Boy, yeah. So my dad uh, is a pastor. My mom's a teacher. Very humble beginnings. I, I like to... I sling this this little quip that the the golden the silver spoon that we ate from came from goodwill. So it was a very humble upbring, upbringing. Um, but you know, with with a uh, dad who's a pastor and a church planter, you learn entrepreneurship. He happened to be an entrepreneur that just never got paid, right? right he had exits in the form of of passing that on and and going to build a, another church and kind of to spread things that way. But but never got the exit uh, liquidity from that, right? Sure. So I learned that that skill set, and it's also shaped a lot of the the ethics and, and, and integrity that I think that, that I think generally a, a significant portion of the internet marketing space and the business space can sometimes be lacking. So I'm, I really like to stand on the ground of bringing ethics and values and, and, uh, and those types of things back into marketing and entrepreneurship. Come on. I love that. Yeah. It's so true. There's so much stuff out there that just doesn't have that integrity or morality when it comes to taking money or helping people, man. So I love that that's a big mission of you guys and, and what you bring to the table. Uh, for those who don't know, what is Drop Funnels? What's the mission? How does it all come? How did it all come together, man? Yeah. So, so high level Drop Funnels is uh, it's built on WordPress, which is the most popular infrastructure on the planet, right? So it powers 34% of the entire internet. It's the number one ranking factor if you want to get your stuff seen organically on the front page of, of Google. Uh, but I realized years and years ago, I was building businesses on WordPress and I'd add click funnels on top. I'd add Kajabi, I'd, I'd duct tape it all together, cross my fingers and wish and pray and hope that it didn't fall apart and just right. my business with it. And so, but when you're dealing with WordPress, it's very technological, but all these sales funnel builders came out and they added, they really added the, the psychology of sales, but not really the tech. They were slow loading, full of bugs. The support was horrendous. And I, I was like, man, there's gotta be some, so I was searching for months for something that could just do it all in one. 
that eliminated the tech, but gave you the sales benefits. So you can make more money with less headache. It just didn't exist. So yeah. I, I scrounged up uh, a, a team of initial beta builders and, and some dev uh, uh, operatives. And I launched a, a very early beta to about 100 users. Uh, many of those users are still with us today. That was about two and a half, almost three years ago. Um, and, and from that, we really built a, a, a literally a tech-free way to build your business with the benefit of WordPress, but with all of your sales funnels, your digital courses, sales pipelines, SMS and email marketing, um, you know, there's link tracker, there's a blog, websites built in, all those things into one spot. So really what Drop Funnels represents is a, I, I think an ethos of subtraction, not addition. How do you get more? It's not always by adding more things in. It's sometimes about taking things away, yeah. eliminating all these other subscriptions that are draining your bank account silently and just bringing everything into one spot that you can understand, manage and, and grow. So I, I started it out, uh, you know, about, about two and a half years ago, we've been significantly growing. And so that, that always tests an entrepreneur for, for how you handle scale. Totally. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're really excited for where things are headed. Come on. I, I love that. And, and I mean, entrepreneurs in general, they like to try to see how they can figure out how to add automation to their sales process. How can businesses leverage drop funnels to add, to help in that area? Boy, great question. Well, I, I think that there's, there's, even when people are using other tools, maybe they're not on drop funnels yet or, yeah. or for whatever reason, I always say use the tools that serve you best and get you to your goal the fastest and most powerful way possible, right? So even if you're not with us, I want everyone to win. Um, so, so in that way, I think um, we, most entrepreneurs tend to, to lean toward shiny objects, especially people who are maybe running your own tech stack. If you don't have a tech team or, or a marketing team on your behalf, it, it, we think that more software is going to mean more solutions. And often more software means anti-solutions. It means, it means we're, we're getting bogged down by a learning curve of, of adopting, you know, new tools and platforms. So I think huge stacks of automation, you don't need any of that stuff. You don't, you don't need a complicated, huge, sexy design funnel. You don't need massive websites or big blogs or huge audiences or any of that stuff to go out and, and make a, a seriously profitable business or grow your business to be substantially uh, profitable um, with you know, without having all those automations and these huge, huge complex pieces that makes us tough to understand. So I always like to use the, the frame of the 16 year old test. So if you were to give your business right now and the, the tech stack, your business, your operations, give it to a 16 year old or someone who's just out of high school, maybe early uh, ages in, in college, could they understand and operate your business or would they be drowning in automations and tech and all of those things? Or even, uh, you know, it, I think that there's, a significant portion of our mental real estate that's lost in decision fatigue for things that don't matter. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that that's a, a critical aspect that you can only make so many good decisions in a day. And if you're wasting that on what do I wear today? Why is this thing not working? How do I get that to connect to this and all these things? It ends up keeping us from actually growing because we're getting lost in the weeds. Ah, that's so good. So and kind of speaking of struggle, like when you work with entrepreneurs, what is it that you see them struggle with the most? Mm, I think offers, I think the number one absolute biggest mover for anyone, because, uh, and, I, and I, we, we can dive into that more specifically about, about offers, but I think people just add so much complexity, but things can really be so simple. Um, so really what a website, a blog, sales funnels, getting ranked, all those things, they're all even paid traffic. Those are amplifiers of an offer. They're not the offer themselves. So people confuse having a funnel with having a business and your funnel is not your business. Your funnel is an amplifier of your business. If you've got a crappy business, your funnel is going to amplify and give you an Uber crappy business that just happens to exist on the internet. Right. Totally. <laughs> and so 
I think that the trap to fall into is to think that these amplifiers are the actual root base of the of the business, whereas in probably 95, I'm, I'm, you know, what do they say? 60% of statistics are made up on the spot. So there's totally. an example. Um, <laughs> so about 95% of people that I work with um, or, or consult with on their offers and trying to make, make sure that the economics work out, all of them, most of them have, have a very broken offer model and they're undercharging. They're breaking pe pieces off into, to essentially create it into being a commodity offer that doesn't separate them, them from the rest of the market. So, and they wonder why things don't work. And when they jump on calls, they get comparisons, they get objections. But when you create something that's what I call the, it's the perfect offer formula, it's really a, a series of steps to help you to identify your perfect offer. Um, when you, when you come forward with a better offer, everything changes. Your funnel gets better. Your copy gets better. Your ads convert higher. Your conversions on the back end uh, work much better. And even if you only have one primary offer, I always suggest to people, again, in terms of s simplicity and subtraction instead of addition, you don't need 50 offers. You don't need 50 funnels. You don't need a 50 page website. In yeah. fact, you could get to 50, $100,000 a month or more with just one offer, one very simple basic funnel, one that I call the an authority funnel, I think is a great diagnosis for most people. Yeah. Happy to explain that too. But that's all you need is you need a traffic source you need some way to get those people excited to work with you. And then you just need the conversion economics to work out in the back end. Man, I think that's a big struggle for me too. Just trying to be an entrepreneur the last, you know, seven years is I was like, I don't know how to figure out how to do these offers things. You know, they're, they're not converting for sure. Uh, being an entrepreneur though, there's so many ups and downs and sometimes you eat like a king, sometimes you eat top ramen. It's like, you know, there's ups and downs for you. What's been your greatest failure and what did you learn from that? Oh, geez. Uh, well, I fail every day, probably more than anybody. Yeah. So uh, you know, as <laughs> I, I actually like to air a lot of my failures out to our, our community so that they can learn through those things too. Yeah, right. Totally. But, um, I'm, I'm a non-technical founder, which I, I know enough to be dangerous, but not enough to, to go code our own stuff and build these types of things. But really it's been managing people. And I think when you get to a certain scale, uh, no matter what, you're going to need more help, but it's, it's not about just finding and obtaining and training that help. That's the difficult part. It's retaining people and keep mm -hmm. like keeping them long-term and helping them to see the vision and, and helping them to hit their own personal goals. It really does. It pulls your attention away from here's what I want and I need, and this is what the business needs to do for me. And when you build a team that lasts, it's, it's a completely different skill set than launching. And so that was, that's been my biggest failure point is, is understanding human psychology, team psychology, and, and all of us shooting for the same goal. And so when we are locked in and honed in together, walking side by side, really th like the, the revenue just comes naturally, right? Things yeah. just tend to solve themselves. But if we're off base, if our energy is weird, if we're missing out on some of these components or someone's just having a, a rut or a bad day or a, a, a poor period, you know, that's, those are all human elements that are in the business, but not really working on the business. So um, I, I think that that's one of the, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is just how to manage and still working on that to, to this day is to manage relationships with an, an internal team. Yeah. Oh, it's so important. So important to do that. How do you handle fear when it creeps in? Oh boy. I I'm, I'm, you know, I think I, I have this phrase, uh, that we should embrace, uh, uncertainty, but we should reject doubt. So reject mm -hmm. doubt, but embrace uncertainty. I think as any entrepreneur at any scale, whether you're just starting out or you've got a hundred million dollar business, you're going to be fearful at some point in time, something happens. It's just a different scale and it's going to amplify who you are. The scale of your business amplifies the scale of who you, who you it's a big mirror right in front of your face. And so the fears, I, I don't think that it changes 
in terms of severity, I think it just changes forms. Mm. So kind of like the laws of, of, of energy, right? Like the things can't be created or destroyed. They yep. can only change forms. I think fear is the same way that we can, we can reject doubt in ourselves and we can work on that through self-improvement and just putting in the reps, but to, uh, to embrace uncertainty is to say, I don't need to know everything that's going to happen in this path. I know that I can attach myself to a process, but I don't know what the revenue is going to be. I don't know what the profit's going to be down to the penny. Having a game plan is wise, but I asked one entrepreneur I, I respect a lot. I said, how much certainty do you need to move forward with an idea or an, an objective? And surprisingly, they said 20%. You need okay. 20% certainty or clarity that this is the right move to make in order. And the rest comes through by just doing. So yeah. I think that was a powerful statement in terms of we can say, look, by, as an entrepreneur, we, we have to embrace this level of uncertainty that will undoubtedly happen because there's so many unknowns, but it doesn't keep us from moving forward. So attaching to a process and rejecting fear means to embrace uncertainty. Man, I've never heard that before, but that is so amazing. Like, like I need to put it on my wall behind me. <laughs> I, should, I should put that on t-shirts. I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> Come on, man. That's awesome. One of the things that you talk about though, is the power of leveraging conversational conversions to virtually eliminate sales objections and close more deals, which every sales rep mm -hmm. and every entrepreneur needs there. Can you deep dive into that a little bit more? Yeah. So I think, and this very much leans into offers as well. Like how good yeah. your offer is, is in direct correlation to how high it converts and how, how, how much your business is able to grow is the, the quality of the offer itself. But part of that offer is how you present the offer. And I think a lot of people are afraid of sales because they have this dichotomy that I'm a good person. I want to treat people well. I don't want to, you know, be a, you know, be a jerk to people or to, to be off putting, but I also want revenue. Right. Yep. And so they think that I have to be a jerk. I have to be pressured. I have to shove something down someone's throat that they don't want in order to be successful. It's just not the case. It's the same reason that there's so many of these little black hat type of tactics that I just generally don't agree with that are in intended to move the needle maybe slightly by manipulating people. But yep. what that creates is when you don't have this conversational closing uh, type of leaned out mentality and energy. You end up getting way bigger refunds, chargebacks, issues with clients or customers quitting or leaving because they're being put into something that they, they haven't diagnosed is really the need. So here's the, here's the model. If you go to the doctor and you say, my arm really hurts, I'm not really sure what's going on with it. And they say, oh, great, you, you need to do this, 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 and this, and it'll, it'll, it'll feel better. There's a level there, okay, I get that, but like, do you really understand what's happening with my arm versus you go to another doctor and they say, no, let's get an x-ray. Let's find out what's happening. What's the structure like? What happened to you? Uh, you know, how, how long has this been going on? How long has it been afflicting you? How's it affected other areas of your life? A very diagnostic uh, conversation that, that creates very much this curiosity energy that gets people to open up to answer almost any question that you want. So especially if you're doing phone sales or you're doing one-to-one -one strategy sessions to close uh, high ticket deals, especially, I find that almost everyone who uses a more leaned out energy where it's letting them diagnose that this is the right fit for them, which secret, it always happens through questions. Asking questions is the, is the path to help them to self-diagnose that what you're offering is the right fit. And, um, and there's, there's a lot of small tactics, you know, kind of involved with that. But when we lean back and we say, Hey, I don't need the sale. I don't, I don't need this. They need this, right? The doctor doesn't need to put you in a cast. It's not going to change their life one way or the other. Prescribing a certain medication or some other therapy doesn't change their life, right? But you trust that that person based on their understanding um, is, is really what moves the needle. So I love that phrase of, uh, wasn't it, was it Sun Tzu? He said, uh, seek first 
to understand then to be understood. Mm. Someone can yeah. correct me if it's, if it's misattributed, but that, that <laughs> phrase is so critical as, as far as sales go. Man, that's such a great perspective to look at, you know, and I think it's so true. I, I've been always, I've been in sales for 20 plus years and I realized that the guys that I worked with that were super overly pushy, they lost customers, they get those sure. refunds. I'm more of the chill, like hang out, let's build a relationship type thing, you know, that, that's been the way that I think is, has helped me throughout my career. So it's such a good perspective, man. I mean, you're, you're at a, a pretty successful, very successful um, level with drop photos right now. You're seeing success. What is it that drives you to continue to go, though? Mm, boy, we're opening Pandora's box, aren't we? Okay. <laughs> you know, I think, um, I think Tony Robbins said, uh, you know, that progress is happiness. But there's also a, a quote that says uh, that comparison is the thief of happiness. Comparison is the thief of happiness. I'm guilty as probably most entrepreneurs uh, for comparing myself to the titans of the industry who have been around for 10, 20, 30 years, where we've been around for two or three, right? And, yeah. and expecting that same, it's almost like when you, when you grow up, you want to be more successful than your, than your parents, but in like a year after college, right? But it's like, right. no, you need, you need time to grow. So, so for me, a lot of the, the scaling lessons have, have a lot more to do in, in rooting your happiness and fulfillment not necessarily in the growth of the, the, the trajectory of the business or how it compares to other businesses. Like your identity needs to be separate from the results or what occurs in the business, period, full stop. We're in probably the reddest ocean of reddest markets. There's blood in the streets. Like anyone who wants to go build like a website or a funnel building platform, like good luck. It's a tough game. It's a tough, it's probably the hardest business model, low ticket recurring subscriptions, probably the hardest thing that you can build. Um, but for me, it's been, it's been a really great challenge that's forced me to level up and shine that mirror in my face. Um, but boy, I just think, I think if we could eliminate comparisons, I think our mental health would be better. I think our revenue would be better. I think we'd be happier and more fulfilled. I think we'd be able to serve people at the highest level too. And maybe some people don't, uh, you know, have that, have that particular issue, but I think a lot of high performing and driven entrepreneurs do tend to face some of those things that, Hey, if they've done this, I should be able to do this and I do it in less time. Right. Mm, but if you yeah. eliminate them, you know, keep, keep your friends close to your enemies, enemies closer is maybe true in war, but isn't always necessarily true in, in business that you should know what they're doing, but it doesn't mean you compare yourself and do everything that they're doing because they've got their own battles. They've got yep. their own churn issues. They have their own refund rate, their own merchant processing problems, support issues, all, they have their own things and that's their business is not your business. So that's what mm -hmm. I tell myself on a pretty continual basis. Yeah, it's so good though. So, so such good stuff there, man. And, and this might fall into what you were just saying, but like you, you've talked about this ethical entrepreneur's paradox where you share secrets about living this happy life while building the future. You know, what's this ethical entrepreneur's paradox all about? Well, yeah, I think it, it is a bit about what we were talking about in terms of sales is that we yeah. have to, we have to, drive the Lambos, have a six pack and have a million followers on Instagram to be successful. Right. And I mean, if I could, I could count on every digit that I have people who are externally successful and internally miserable, mm -hmm. externally successful and internally miserable. And they're losing wives, families, happiness, their social structure around them. And there's a trade off in everything, right? Anyone who's going to build a business there, there are sacrifices to make. Yep. Um, for me, I've got three boys, six, four and one. And actually we just found out we're having our fourth. Come we on. don't know the gender yet, but here we go. There's, a, there's more. <laughs> Thank Come you. On, that's awesome. So, so, so with four kids, it's like, I, I've heard it too many times, uh, Eric, I'm, I'm telling you, it's like, 
I've heard it too, said too many times that I regret not spending enough time with my family and mm-hmm. I focus too much on business or revenue or whatever those things are. And they, they lose sight of our capacity as, as humans to build and forge valuable relationships and to be successful at the same time. Cause you can, you can really have both, but it doesn't come with these external vanity metrics. You know, there's all these awards for income that you can have, but I can't tell you how many people who've got those million dollar awards or whatever that are broke or miserable or their profit was, you know, $50,000 off of a million dollars. Right. It's like Mm. all these vanity pieces. I think that's the ethical entrepreneur's paradox is that you don't have to subscribe to that model that you have to have huge followers to be successful. You have to have huge revenue, uh, numbers to be successful. Honestly, for me, and this is kind of controversial, I would rather have a million dollar business it does a million, maybe a month at 50% profit margin than a $10 million business a month at whatever, five or 10% profit margin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like just the the headaches and stress are that big, but I can gloat. I could gloat if I wanted to stroke my ego about how high our revenue is and all these types of things. And I think that there's, we're moving into a new age of entrepreneurialism that we can subscribe to being ethical, treating people well, not relying on lies or, or over hype. I think there's a difference between hype and excitement too. I think excitement's yep. great. Hype is a lie, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Overhype, right? <laughs> and so we always have to balance that as marketers, right? Because we got to hit our KPIs. But um, you know, I think for anyone, this entire audience I'm sure here is completely divided themselves and saying, you're only saying that uh, these things because you don't have a six pack and that's true. I don't, <laughs> I also don't value that. That doesn't matter to me. Totally. Um, and the other side is saying, yeah, that, 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 that make, it makes sense that I'd rather get to watch my kids grow up. And even if that meant any bearing or change in my entrepreneurial success, that when I'm 80, I'm not going to, re- re- you know, regret seeing them grow. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, man. I, so I got invited to go to, um, a three-day sort of immersion of of entrepreneurs last year. There was only 50 people there. All of them were millionaires except for one. I was the one. Uh, but uh, I got there and I met this guy. Uh, his name is Kelly Cardenas. One of, he's become just a, an amazing friend of mine. He lives down in Carlsbad, California. And when I went there, he said, dude, come sit in the, at the beach with me and watch the sunrise this morning. So I got up early and went to the, watch him. And he's like, look, man, we're around all these entrepreneurs. They're super successful. They're making all this money. And he's, he's married, he's got a couple of kids and he goes, but listen, how many of them have successful marriages? How many of them have successful relationship with their kids, man? And I, mm-hmm. I don't know how many, probably very few out of that 50 actually had solid marriages. And I, it just opened my eyes like, man, it's not all about that. It's about making sure that, you know, you're there for your family and yes, bring in the income, but don't stretch yourself so thin that you're, you're putting them on, on the backside, you know? Mm, yeah, I would agree with that. And I love Carlsbad, by the way. I think that's pretty much the closest thing to heaven on earth. Oh, so, it's so beautiful down there, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so what are you most excited about right now, man? What's coming up next for you? Boy, great question. Um, you know, we're just, I guess, internally, we're adding a lot of cool stuff. By the time that this airs, maybe this feature will be live. But my my, my biggest goal is to help people to eliminate, as I mentioned, other things, other other yeah. softwares and whatnot. So we're building a complete calendar booking system, like Calendly or Schedule Once, cool. building that entirely internally. Um we, we've got some pretty cool front end offers, helping people build video sales letters and some new front ends on that side. Um, but, you know, for me, as we kind of head towards the end of the year and into the new year, um, you know, I'm, I'm honestly, and I'm starting to feel like this, like the, like the red lobster, right. That is in the bottom of the ocean needs to shed their, their exoskeleton to eventually grow this new hardened and bigger 
shell and it's a requirement to grow, right? But I'm, fe I'm feeling that now that urge to do something bigger, to do something, uh, you know, long, long lasting and impactful at an even larger scale. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for what the future hold. I, I don't know what that is yet, yeah. but I'm staying open to those, to those ideas. Come on. Uh, I love to finish my show by asking uh, a, a music question. I'm a big fan of music. So what's a favorite band for you or what type of music do you like to listen to? Boy, I am so agnostic um, and people are probably going to hate me, but I'm, I, I can't really do country pop, like okay. modern country. Can't do any of that, but almost yeah. anything else is good. There's some days where it's a, it's a Frank Sinatra type of day um, where, or, or Sarah Bareilles. I love that stuff. Or um, there's some, more kind of contemporary Coldplay style stuff that's good in the background. And, yeah. um, but this morning, us, uh, all three boys were dancing to the soundtrack, uh, to, uh, uh the greatest showman. So oh, I mean, nice. we're, we're, I'm I actually was originally a theater major with okay. a mass comm minor. And so I love theater and the, the whole concept of creating something that people get to experience and it changes their perception of, of life and movies and, and theater are, I think are the, the purest way to go, to go and do that. And business is second behind that. Um, but yeah, I, I love, uh, like even musical theater stuff at certain times. I love yeah. hardcore death metal rock at other times. <laughs> Just don't give me any, uh, any modern country and I'll be good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Jordo, you're an absolute world changer, man. I love what you got going on with drop funnels. People need to be checking this out and, uh, man, thank you so much for taking time to join me on the show. Truly honored to have you on, man. I appreciate your time. This has been a ton of fun, man. It's, it's, uh, it's really, really great to connect with you. I think there's. Um, there's just, it's a, you have a very rare skill set of being able to ask great questions and make, uh, uh, the, the interview fun. So I would do this again, a hundred times. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Hey, thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to take a listen or watch. It's truly an honor to be able to speak with such amazing guests. And I hope that they've made an impact on your life in some way, shape or form. And you can do me one big favor. That would be huge. Click that subscribe button. And then second favor, hit that share button. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you. Keep changing the world. I believe in you.